Welcome to the Selling from the Heart podcast, your home for authentic, effective, and socially integrated sales strategies to help you master the art of selling. Join your co-hosts, Larry Levine and Daryl Amy, along with some of the world's best sales thought leaders and practitioners as we explore ways to help you grow your sales. And welcome back to the Selling from the Heart podcast. Your co-host, Daryl Amy, here today with Larry Levine. What's going on in L.A., Larry? The weather. The weather's going on, oh, Daryl. Come on. Stop talking about the weather. We'll, we're we'll see. We're of the weather. Well, see, I can, I'm looking at you right now, and you're wearing a vest, and, I, and I'm sitting here in shorts and a T-shirt. I'm, it's 75 degrees already, and it's 8.15 in the morning. Uh, life's so rough. Well, it's <laughs> exciting. And welcome to the Selling from the Heart podcast. We're glad you're here today. We have an incredible guest. And I can tell you one thing, we're going to have a lot of fun. This is going to be a great, uh, great podcast. And if you're new to the podcast, welcome. You've joined a community, a growing community of sales professionals who are dedicated to being genuine, being authentic, being real, doing the hard work, everything it means to sell from the heart. Today's guest, though, I want to dive right in because we've got so much uh, to talk about and so much to cover. Larry, you met today's guest uh, several years back, and I would say this this uh, phenom is probably been the uh, biggest catalyst to uh, to your professional growth of anyone out there. I think uh, our guest today really kind of set you on the journey that you've been on in the last few years. Yeah, it has. And, and he probably doesn't realize it, but I'll, I give him credit all the time. I remember, and, and first of all, I, I welcome Keenan on, onto the podcast, but before I really formally introduce him, I remember it was probably two Novembers ago, I picked up the book, Not Taught, and I read through it and I highlighted it. In fact, I highlight a book. I love holding the book because I travel with Not Taught all the time. And I reached out to Keenan. And I think I sent him, I think I sent you an email and you responded and one thing led to another and I'm having a conversation with Keenan. And I remember it was a couple weeks right before Christmas, 2015. And we started talking about writing and blogging and he shared with me his journey and I shared with him mine and he goes, Hey, listen, if you really want to get noticed, you got to start writing, which this just proves to me salespeople can write. And I, I made a commitment to Keenan. He probably doesn't remember. Hopefully he does. And I would consistently write a blog post. And I have written a blog post every single week since my conversation with Keenan two years ago. And it has fast-tracked me. And, you know, we talk about it. We don't talk as often as I'd like. But I share with him, you know, he's helped me in fast-tracking where I'm at. And after a couple of years of stepping out of the field, I've been able to get noticed basically throughout the world just through my writing and staying true to who I am. So I owe Keenan a major thanks. So without further ado, I welcome Keenan on the podcast. Hey, what's going on, peeps? I'm all giggly inside. You did the work, <laughs> man. I didn't do nothing. I didn't do oh. nothing. I just yelled at you every once in a while. Make sure you fucking write. Write. Yeah, yeah but, but, here, but here's the thing is it, it took a while, but you, you know, because I remember you always say, well, who's your target audience? And I was sharing with you who my target audience was at the time. And you go, just write to your target audience. And after about six or seven blogs, it was amazing the conversations that were happening. And, and before you know it, I'm connecting with people all over the world and they're asking for help and they're asking for advice. So, you know, for the people out there in sales reps, salespeople can write. We just need the little poke and prod to do it. You just got to do it. It works. It works. It works. It works. I tell people all the time it works, but no one wants to put in the time. It's like working out, right? 
Working out works. But you go to the gym once, you don't see any results. You go to the gym twice, you don't see any results. You go three times, you don't see any results. You're like, this sucks. I don't like this. And they stop. But if you yeah. keep going, look, there is, there is not a person on the planet who goes to the gym on a routine for a year, whether it's four days a week or three days a week or whatever, who does it on a routine basis for a year, who doesn't see the benefits. It is a guarantee. It's not like the lottery. Some people work out and it works, and some people work out and it doesn't work. Right? It, it's, it's, it, it works. You just got to do it. Same thing with this. If you write, if you stay with it, if your writing is good, it will work, period, end of discussion. Yeah, which, which leads me in because I, I think we're going to all get fired up on this podcast, but we always start off the podcast because I, I know where your heart sits on this, but I'd really like to know just from Keenan's point of view, what's it really mean to you to sell from the heart? It just means putting yourself in your customer situation, right? I mean, I just want to know what my customer is frustrated with. I want to know why, they're, why they can't get done what they want to get done or where they want to go, right? I have a customer now who's trying to get to 48 and 20, is, is a coin to use, 48 million in, in by 2020. And I just get fired up to help them get there. Like, I want them to get there. So everything and anything I can do to make them reach that goal is it, it gets me jazzed. So that's what I try to say to people is selling from the heart is just truly and utterly being dedicated to helping your customer achieve what they want to achieve and where they want to go and being completely connected to that. Well, you know, it, it spins off and you so eloquently say it is you just got to give a rip, but you say it in a different yeah, word, right? You got to give a shit. Yeah. You just got to give a shit. Absolutely. Uh-huh. And I think it's that passion that, that uh, you know, that really truly deeply caring that that transforms you from being just you know a, a rank and file sales rep there's thousands of sales reps but there's only an elite group of sales professionals and i think the whole foundation for we talk a lot on this podcast about the difference between a sales rep and a sales pro a true professional is they actually care they're passionate about their clients and what they want to accomplish and they know, and, and, and that's where, you know, I, I think a real gut check on this is when you walk into a client's office, can you clearly articulate their biggest business goal, what they're truly aiming at? You know, can you walk into that office and go, yeah, I know these guys, they're on a path to 48 million bucks and they're trying to get there and I'm here to help them do that. Or are you just a sales rep walking to the office going, dang, come on, I got to hit quota by the end of the month. What can I sell these guys? totally different mindset, right? Yeah, absolutely. Totally different mindset. I mean, when you really, if you really want to talk about what's the difference between a sales professional and what's the difference between a salesperson, it's like that with anything, right? Sales professionals treat their, their career like a craft, right? They understand that this is a craft and I'm trying to improve my craft. And people who are professionals understand there is a direct correlation between their skill sets, how well they've developed those skill sets and the path they're on for developing more of those skill sets and the desired outcomes. Mm. Professionals understand that if I do this well, I get this outcome. If I do this even better, I get this outcome. And then they understand the impact to their constituency, right? So whether that's being a salesperson who's continually trying to get better at listening, continually trying to get better at understanding business problems and challenges, and they're growing their business acumen. They're spending inordinate amount of time not only reading about how to sell, but about reading what's going on in the particular industry they're in. This reading about Absolutely. the psychology of decision-making. They're doing all that stuff to develop their craft because they know by developing their craft, 
They can deliver better service to their constituents. And by delivering a better service to their constituents, they empower their buyers or the companies they sell to to better achieve their goals. That is a professional. And it plays out everywhere. The world is mostly filled with doers. I do shit, right? Yeah. Yes. I sell. I'm doing it. I'm a cook. I'm doing it. It's, and they do just fine. They do what they're supposed to do, and they do it, and they meet the – if they're lucky or they're smart – they meet the expected expectations, right? Yeah. But they're not committed. They're not professionals. They're not trying to expand their craft. Whole different situation. Yeah, you know, and, and that's, what drives, that's what drives me crazy because you even talk about the one percenters out there. And I go, you know, there's just so few one percent elite sales professionals out there. And I think after a while, they just become a product of the sales environment, the sales team and the managers that are surrounding them. And all of a sudden, everyone's staring at each other going, what do we do? So look, you said it, and I don't know how many of you listeners understand what the one percenters is. You know, uh, if you want to explain it to them, you, uh, I mean, guy, proudly wear the shirt. I hey, by the way, dude, so I took all your shirts with me. I was in Mexico a couple months ago. You saw some of the, I, you may have seen some of those pictures. Yeah. So here I am walking around Manzanillo, Mexico. And so <laughs> Keenan has one of these shirts on where you just got to give a shit, right? Yeah. Remember, you know that shirt? And all yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, you see these people staring at me and high-fiving me. I'm walking down the street, and they're going, what's that mean? I go, dude, you just don't understand, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. But, um, you know, I, I think the, you know, the whole one percenters, and, you know, some people talk about the two percenters or the five percenters. I think those, in my opinion, and then I'll ask for your definition, but to me, that's just – that's just doing things that, that an average salesperson isn't willing to do. And you were just talking about it a few minutes ago. I think the elite of the elite just continue to self-educate, right? Yes. They learn. yes. They're, always, they're always going the extra mile. They're there to help. They actually give a rip, right? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it just, that's what just blows my mind when I start hearing some of this stuff around salespeople can't do this and salespeople shouldn't be doing that. Salespeople should always be getting better. But at some point, but at some point in time, they just stop, right? They taste success. And then all of a sudden they go, okay, I'm going to skate by. But if you look back and I've written about it after five or 10 years, they stopped working as hard as they did when they first got in the business because they figured out the game as I call it, right? They figured yep. out how to get by and then no one's there to coach them along. And all of a sudden they just stop. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. You're right. I mean, I came up with the 1% percenter concept. I, I wore it in LA lot, not too long ago and some lady loved hit me five, but I think she liked it because she thought I was talking about be a one percenter, like the one percent of the of the ultimate wealthy, right? I thought she, that's what I think she thought it was, and she loved it, right? She had this big old ring on her finger, anyways. But um, the the where I came up with the concept and what I tell people, you want to be a one percenter, and it's a really simple concept. We always talk about what does it take to be successful. Oh, you got to hustle, you got to get a degree, you got to do this, you got to do that, and they're always so nebulous, right? And also they stop pointing out to people like, you know, like um, uh, Michael Phelps or Lindsey Vaughn or Tiger Woods right? and, and, and LeBron James these, or, you know, Jay-Z or, you know, you know um, famous, really successful people, you know, Bill Gates. We can't be them. You, like, if you, they didn't set out to be them. Like, they just got lucky, okay? Look, they did what they did because they were good, but they got lucky. Timing played a huge role in this, Right. Zuckerberg didn't build Facebook because Facebook was so much better than MySpace, right? He came out at the right time. He had a strategy that kind of worked and the rest took care of itself, right? 
So trying to aspire to be them and is that your level of success is a joke. So what I say is, look, the definition of success is really easy. If you are better than 99 out of 100 people in your space, you can't help but be successful. And that's what the one percenter is. Nine, being better than 99 out of 100 means if there were 17 million people, 17 million salespeople in the United States, like I think some people say there are, that's the number that's tossed around. That means that I am better than, as long, that if I'm in the 1%, I'm one of 170,000 people. So I don't have to be the, the, you know, I don't have to be the, the Neil Rackman of sales. I don't have to be the Lindsey Vaughn of sales, right? That's, I don't need to be number one, two, three, four, five, or six. If I am one of 170,000, I am going to be successful because that means there are, hold on, there are 16 million, uh, <laughs> people worse than me. Right, right. right. You're going to stand out. So that, that's all you have to be to be successful. It's not that hard. Just be better of one out of a hundred. See, and, that, and that's what, and that's what just really just blows my mind. It doesn't take a lot of hard work because oh, there's, this, there's, there's just so much schlock out there that I go, yep. if you just, if you spend an extra hour a day, yep. 45 minutes a day, whatever that timing is to better yourself in 30 to 60 days, you're going to see the results. You're going to stand out immediately. Cause I always say it's just a bunch of sea of sameness out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no doubt. Well, if you put your coaching hat on, and by the way, last time I saw you was at the HubSpot conference talking about coaching. It was a fantastic presentation. <laughs> find that online, it, it would be worth your time uh, to go through big time. I mean, if you were to- I think I just put it on my blog. I think it's the most recent post on my blog. Yeah, I saw it. Oh, I good. Saw. We'll share it in the show notes. Perfect. Right. Perfect. Um, and you've got to follow Keenan's blog, by the way. If you haven't read um, Not Taught, I, you, first of all, if you want to get in the 1%, you have to read Not Taught because it is phenomenal. You will learn the things that you don't learn in school that you have to have to be successful today. But if you were, if, 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 if you put on your coach's hat, which I don't know if you ever take off your coach's hat, you probably sure. sleep with your coach's hat on. But if you put your coach's hat on to the audience uh, here of Sell for the Heart and Selling from the Heart, which is, you know, which is people that are doing the hard work, you know, the, the people that listen to this podcast are the people that are committed to, to treating sales like a craft, doing the hard work, putting in the extra effort. Um, if, with your coaching hat on, where are, what are some ideas or some, some areas where, where you say, hey guys, if you wanna look at, at uh, selling as a craft, if you wanna be in the 1%, here's some very practical things that you can or should be doing on a, a regular basis. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna deliver curveball here because okay. yeah, because I think there are a handful of things I could toss out and maybe after I answer the question, I might be able to steer in that direction. But the first thing I'm gonna say is this is self-awareness. Bingo. Every one of you right now, yeah. I'm telling you, I'm willing to bet my ass that most of you are not self-aware enough. Okay, you're listening to this podcast because it feels fucking good and because these guys are really cool and you'll Learn a tidbit or two and you try it for 10 or 15 minutes when you get to work or it just made the drive to work a little better. But the truth is you really don't apply it. The truth is you haven't grown that much. The truth is you haven't had an honest conversation with yourself about what you suck at, where you're cheating yourself, where you're lying to yourself, why you sat on the goddamn couch all weekend and did this or why you didn't do this or why you pissed at your boss because he complained. Whatever it is, most of us are not self-aware enough. 
We're just not. And until you have a real conversation with yourself about why you're not where you want to be, why you're in sales, why you're doing what you do, why you're not doing what you should be doing, nothing's going to change. Nothing's going to get any better. So that's the first conversation I can tell people is have a conversation with yourself. I have a conversation with myself every day and I just literally realized, and by the way, I don't care if you're Gary V. I don't care if you're, uh, Lindsay Vaughn, I just happened to see her on Instagram the other day. She's, and she's great at what she does. I don't care if you're, whoever your, your idol is, and they're great at something. I don't care who it is. All of us have weaknesses. All of us have failures. All of us aren't doing what we should be doing 100% of the time. That's a fact. The difference is the people who are more successful are better at doing what they're supposed to be doing more often than not. Because they don't do it all the time either. And I realized just the other day, and I was going to do a blog post on this, and I still am, get serious. Every time I've gotten serious about something, like I really got serious about it, I had wild results. I talked about writing a book forever. I talked about this. I talked about that. And I would get into it, and I'd do it a little. And then I wasn't serious about it. And then I finally got serious about it, and boom! And I learned that lesson when I was... 26. So I, I, I have a super high metabolism. I played lots of sports. I was super athletic, but I was always really skinny, really skinny. And by the time I got into my mid twenties, when all my friends were kind of yoked and you, you know, you're supposed to be at the prime, you know, you're supposed to be looking good. I'm going to the beach. Good looking guy. But I look like a beanpole. I, I was so tired of it. And I always used to say, Oh, I go to the gym. It never works for me. I'm just too skinny. I go to the gym. It never works for me. I'm just too skinny. Then one day, I don't know what it was, but I got serious. I got serious and I worked out on a routine four days a week, two days, Wednesday off, two days, weekend off. I started changing how I ate. I started taking protein shakes and I grew and I went from 172 pounds, six foot two to 190 pounds with a 4% body fat because I got serious. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you bring up a great point because, you know, I call it being brutally honest. And, and, you know, I, I think if you really want to become self-aware, you've got to be brutally honest with yourself. Yeah. And, and it's, re- and I, I don't know, I wrote a series of blog posts about just getting to know you and being brutally honest. And I wake up at the ungodly hour. I'm up at three 30 in the morning and I spend between three 30 and four o'clock in my office, almost in the dark, just sitting there doing nothing but just thinking and just taking in what is it that I need to do? And then I go, and then I go to the gym and that's my time to kind of clear my head. And then I come back and I start working, but it's like, you know, how many people wake up at six, right? They roll out of bed, they roll into the rain locker, they grab a cup of coffee and then they're out and they don't even give thought to, okay, how am I going to start my day? What am I going to do? They just figure it out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. But the, the, the brutal honesty piece gives you the direction. Right. So when I came to the conclusion that, you know, I do a lot of things well, but because I do a lot of things well, I don't get totally serious sometimes. Right. Because I can maintain it's like I and I can maintain above most people just doing my thing. And so it's not until I wake up and say, okay, I got to get serious. And I literally had that epiphany with myself the other day. If I'm not at a place where I want to be, it's because I didn't get serious and I got to get serious. And when I get serious, it means I make the sacrifices. So when it came to getting serious about working out back in those days, it's the most, most dramatic element I can use. There'd be times I didn't want to go to the gym and I just went 
right? Like I, I remember there was one time I was hungover as hell and I went to the gym hungover because I'm serious about this, yeah. right? Same thing with my book. When I wrote my book, there was a whole bunch, of, there was a spot in time where I was writing the book where I stopped getting serious. And I wrote the first three chapters in like two months. And then the next three in like, I mean, the first three chapters in a month, the next three in like four months. And then all of a sudden it took like eight months, just went away. And I woke up and said, you're not being serious. And right. boom, that book got cranked out in three more months. Cause I got serious, but that seriousness is a result of me looking in and challenging my own sense of discipline and my own commitments and my own priorities. And when I'm not serious, this, I don't play at the level I want to play at. And the greatest plays serious at levels a lot of us can't. And I don't expect everybody to. Like, I, I am not wired to play serious 20 hours a day or, you know, uh, 50 out of 52 weeks. I just don't, I'm not, I, I don't, I can't play like that. I need to come out. So I, that's why I, I may have a Peter principle. I may not get to a certain level, but I can, I know when I need to be serious and be serious long enough to achieve the goals I want to achieve. Boom. Wow. <laughs> that was a hammer drop, dude. <laughs> it's hard, but you got to be honest with yourself. It, and, and I think, and I think that's, that's the tough part because if you're not comfortable in your own skin, you can't have those conversations. And I think a lot of it is because we're scared. We're scared of sometimes what we may find out. We're scared of failure. No question asked. Right. And here's another one. Our society is playing a nasty trick on us. I know this isn't really sales, but boy, I wrote, about this about six years ago society is like a nasty trick on us we celebrate the people who crush it we celebrate the tiger woods the lindsey bonds the the gary vaynerchuk's the the all of these people right the bill gates we totally celebrate them right but then we turn around and we ostracize the husband or the mother who's working too hard or doesn't have work-life balance right. or you know right yeah we, um we ostracize them and tell them that they're missing out on life and they're missing this and that it's unreasonable. Yeah, no shit. If you want to get to that level, it takes unreasonable work ethic, right? Yes. Like, like our boy uh, Phelps did 40 hours a week in the pool. That doesn't include road work or anything else. I'm sorry. There's nothing I will do for that, like that narrow. Yeah. For this. I love skiing. You could not get me to ski five days a week, eight hours a day. Right. That's just a level I can't play at. So I applaud him. And that's why he got to where he got. Right. So we, we demand, we, we celebrate this, 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 this achievement, but we ostracize the path to get there. And that's a nasty game we're playing on people. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Nasty game. Yeah. Yeah. That's strong. So, uh, our reps, our, our listeners that are, we, we've been challenging our listeners to go on this journey of self-awareness, uh, in terms of really sitting down and blocking out time to, to sit, to, to, to think, to, to reflect to, So if you were, when you sit down and have that time yourself, I mean, what does that look like for Keenan? What, what is that, that self-awareness does it happen in moments? Is it scheduled? Is it, is there a rhythm to your, your week, your month, your quarter? I mean, what does that look like in your life? Or is that just, do you just have this self-awareness thing going all the time? It's, it's, it's always going. Sometimes 
I'm sure yeah. subconscious to a certain degree. A yeah. lot of times it's, it's triggered. A lot of my times it's triggered. I'm either not in a happy place. I'm not where I want to be. I'm not seeing the success I want to see. Right. I'm not delivering on something I want delivered on. Um, uh, uh, you know, other times it's, it's the, con- this is a trigger as well, but it's the constant reinforcement at the littlest thing. So I'll give you an example. I have some fear. I don't know if it's fear of success. I don't know if it's fear of, 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 I don't know, but I have some fear that prevents me from doing certain administrative work that I know that needs to get done. That's going to take me somewhere. So, uh, something as simple as I got a contract that I need to sign. Um, it's not hard. I just need to go get it, print it out, read it and sign it. And I initiated the whole process, but I've waited two days to get this done. And I don't know why. Like there's some fear in this. So my self-awareness and I'm constantly, okay, what are you afraid of here? Are are you afraid of commitment? Is this the idea of, if they didn't tell me to sign anything, I would be like, okay, let's get going. But the minute they tell me to sign something, all of a sudden I'm slow in the roll. It's like, okay, what is going on in my head that causes me to, to delay things or not do the administrative work that I need to do to make certain things happen. And I haven't come to the answer, but I'm constantly asking, what's my problem? And if I can't come to the answer, at least I know it's there and I force myself to do it anyways. Yeah. So just this morning before our call, I printed it out and I got it done. Because not <laughs> because I wanted to, but because I realized, Jim, you're doing it again. Right. Why are you dragging your feet? What's going on? So I'm just constantly asking myself, why do I suck? What, what am I afraid of? What's going on in my life? Why am I not doing things I want to do? And I'm looking for inconsistencies, I guess I should say. Inconsistencies of who I am and what I want to do with my actual behaviors. And when they don't align, when my behaviors don't align with my objectives or goals or wants, I look at myself. I don't try to blame other people. I try to blame the environment. Fantastic, fantastic advice. And as we kind of wrap things up today, I think that's a perfect place to end. We end every episode with a challenge. And I think you just threw the gauntlet down to all of us in terms of how can we become more self-aware? How can we get serious and have some brutal honesty about those areas in our life? And in sales, there's a long list of areas throughout there. I mean, throughout the day, there's gut check opportunities. And are we going to be the type of people that, that get those, you know, gut check moments and just let them, you know, just sweep them under the rug? Or are we going to put them right in front of our face and go, hey, self, what am I doing? What's going on? Why am I, you know, why am I hesitant? Why am I not doing this? Why am I doing this again? Um, and are we going to be really brutally honest about our, our weaknesses? And so, man, Keenan, thank you so much. Thank you for challenging us today. Thank you for the book. Uh, you got to check out Not Taught. If you haven't read it, we'll get the link in the show links. Um, check out Keenan's blog. You got to follow this guy because you will, I mean, it is a constant 100% in your face. And that's what I absolutely love about you, Keenan. Any parting words as we wrap this up? Oh, no, no. You guys are great. I, I got to come on the show more often just to get my ego pumped. Make <laughs> Well, we're we're true believers. We appreciate your passion. And I think uh, everything that you do embodies the values behind the Selling from the Heart podcast. So as uh, as we wrap up this week's episode, we want to challenge you. Take some time or just develop a self-aware mindset that, that, that you're constantly questioning yourself going, why am I doing this? And what's behind this? And how can I get serious 
about fixing it. I know I'm taking notes as we go. I've been, this has been like, uh, you know, a punch in the face in a really good way to me in a, in a couple areas that I want to take and, and, uh, just have some brutally honest conversation with myself, uh, especially as things get quiet, uh, in the mornings and, and over this weekend. So thank you everyone for joining us. Yeah, go ahead. I would, here's the, the nugget. As I heard you talk, here's the takeaway. We can't be self-aware until we're willing to be vulnerable. Yep. Bingo. Amen so on that Everybody's one. looking for a path. There's your path. Get vulnerable. Gah! Ouch. <laughs> but, you know, and, and, and you can think about it. I mean, I, I rewind the tape. Uh, we were saying this last week in our podcast. I rewind the tape to 25 years ago when I started in sales and, and it was, you know, the message to me was anything but vulnerable, right? The message was, this is what you're supposed to be. This is what you're supposed to look like. This is what you're supposed to say. Man, this is what happens if this, you know, there was no vulnerability in that, even though I know under the veneer of the Navy suit, white shirt and memorized Tom Hopkins scripts there, when all of us was this total fear that we weren't enough, that we weren't measuring up and all of that. But I think we, we, we were taught, or at least I was taught to squelch that, shove it down. But really what we need to be able to do is we need to pay attention to that internal monologue, what's going on, because there's our clue, there's our internal coach um, and our clues to what we can do to be better. Yep, just be vulnerable. If, you, if you're vulnerable, and here's the best part, when you're vulnerable with yourself, you care enough about yourself, that can't betray you. When we're vulnerable, Vulnerable to other people that can betray us. Yes. You're vulnerable yeah. to yourself. You can't betray that. That's good. All right, everybody. Well, there we've uh, Keenan has thrown down the gauntlet. Be vulnerable. Develop self-awareness as a habit, as a true sales professional. So thanks for joining us this week. As always, be honest, be real, do the hard work. We'll add to the list, get vulnerable. And most <laughs> of all, sell from the heart.